We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. Welcome back to another episode of the Field of 68's NBA Draft Prospect Profiles for the 2023 NBA Draft. My name is Rob Dosser. I'm joined today by Randolph Childress, and we are going to be breaking down NC State guard Terquavian Smith, a six foot four sophomore that averaged 17.9 points, 4.1 assists, and 3.6 boards while shooting 33% from three for Kevin Keats and the NC State Wolfpack. He is projected somewhere in that uh, early to mid second round, like in that 30 to 45 range on most of the mock drafts uh, that I looked at. He is a guy that is about as explosive of a, a backcourt athlete as you are going to find in the college basketball ranks. So we are going to break down his game and talk about what he looks like as he's translating to the next level. RC, let me start you off with this. So the system that he played, uh, mm-hmm. played in an NC State. It's up and down. They like to press a little bit. They like to get out and run. Some people are worried about how that will translate to the next level. As much as I watch these NBA playoffs, seeing how often guys grab and go, get out and transition, how much it's just like this, I actually think that that kind of plays into his uh, his, his hands a little bit. How do you see that part of his game translating to the NBA? I, I think his game, that part translate. I don't think it's, that would be a hard, that part of his game won't be difficult to transition into because he he's, really good in transition. And then I also think when their offense breaks down, they're just a ball screen, half court ball screen offensive team. And they put it in their guard's hand and they make decisions. And we see in these playoffs, I mean, you know, things break down. They want to put it in a guard's hand, call a ball screen, pick on a matchup and make a decision. So for that, I think he'll find, I think he'll be, he'll, his transition will be seamless, but he does have some things, some concerns. I think his weight's one of the bigger things. And so we'll talk about a few things with him, but I'm I, the biggest concern with him, I think is what is he? You know, it's one of those guys that is a natural bucket getter. And then he's trying to transition to that level. He has to be a point guard. I think that's why he came back. He improved his assist numbers. He was one of the, you know, top assist guys in the ACC this year. But at the end of the day, it his natural instinct and what you would pay him to do, 
It's just be what he is naturally. And that's just to go get your bucket. So my question there is, and I, I think he's a modern day tweener, right? He's a guy mm-hmm. that is not quite big enough and not yep. quite good enough of a shooter to be like a natural off guard, to be a score at that level. But he's not quite a good enough passer. He's not quite a uh, a guy that's going to be looking for other people. I don't know if he's a good enough creator to be a point guard at that level. So that's my question to you. I mean, you kind of said it right there. Where do you see him fitting? Like, what is his role in the in the league? Is it a microwave score off the bench? You know, how do you how do you see him fitting? You can try to make him something that he's not. I I I, I don't understand. I don't think anybody at that level will pay him to do any. I I think when taking the right shots. He's an effect of an explosive score. You know, he was a guy when he went on his NBA NBA evaluations last year, he was tearing it up. And, you know, some of the feedback was, hey, if you're going to play in this league, again, he's he's six three, six four, but he, you know, which is fine, but he's 165 pounds. Like that's the problem, the physicality of the league. He has the his athleticism translates, but if a team draft him, I think he can be a guy that comes off the bench for you. Because now you don't have to your 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 playmaker can be your point forward, your point, you know, your your, your point power forward. There's so many different guys to handle and bring, you know, bring the ball up. He needs to can he defend the point guard and can he make open shots? That he can do. So like we're gonna talk about this probably every draft picked on here. Not there's very few guys can just go out there and just play anywhere. But if he goes to a team where the, he's not having to make the decisions. And he can just play off the ball and then, you know, hypothetically like a LeBron situation, playing a point, anybody with that type of guy, and he just defends the point guards and then tries to make open shots. I think he can be an effective player. But second round, I think that's where he'll end up. And 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 how much does he physically mature and his game matures? You know, we'll see going forward. But I think somebody will get a guy. It depends on the system. And I don't think anybody's going to draft him to try to put his ball in his hand and make him be your traditional point guard because it's natural instinct. And what you would pay him for is to get you a bucket. And he can do that with anybody in college basketball. Do you trust his jump shot? He shot 33.6% from three this year. He shot 38% from the the floor and he shot 70% from the line. That is not uh, as efficient as you would probably like. I trust his jump shot. I don't trust his shot selection. He has so much freedom to do that. And that's why I say I think one of those things you can save him from himself by taking the ball out of his hands. So I think the role of him playing with a guy that plays the point forward or whatever, and he just gets it and just scores it, you know, has to defend a point guard, you know, what you can think about pretty much most of these teams outside of Phoenix, someone else other than a traditional point guard is bringing the ball up the floor and maybe Philly. So uh, he can, he, he can excel in that. And I think that will improve his, his statistics. I think he had so much freedom and that's a good thing. That's one of the reasons you'd want to go play for NC state. He's going to put the ball in his guard's hands and let him play. But it's kind of like, you know, it's funny watching the NBA playoffs. It's like that Jordan Poole shot the other night. You know, it's it's it could be better. He found himself taking shots like that, you know, where, you know, I, some people can argue that's a bad shot. I think it's just, you know, not everybody can shoot the way Steph can. And I think he's a victim of that as well. Having watched him play and call several of his games, he shoots 30 footers. And I think that's why his percentages is, you know, in the low 30s, where I think he can easily be a 40% shooter. If he's just a catch and shoot guy, like bury him in the corner, catch and shoot. Well, he he can do out. it off the bounce a lot more. He can score, but I, you just eliminate the decision making off of it. I, you know, sometimes when you're playing with a guy that playing as a point forward, when they give it to you, it's coming with a message. They've already drawn the defense at that level. He's never played with the type of talent that he'll get a chance with at that level. His issues are going to be can he defend? 
and and the physical difference is how much weight and how much strength can he gain to be effective on the offensive end again he can he just a guy coming off your bench that can score and how much willingness does he have to get his nose dirty and get not in and, and guard that'll be how that'll dictate how long he's there and and it, more importantly who he goes with so the the defensive side you keep talking yes. about it he's 165 pounds yep can he guard do you see him being a guy that can guard different positions in the NBA? No. Can he be no. someone that can guard the point and the two and the three? No. Not at 165 pounds. I mean, I, I I don't think there's five guys in that league that weighs less than that weighs less than that. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I'm sitting here now struggling to think of a guy, and I'm thinking of all the small guards. Like, who's 165 pounds? And he is what he is. I mean, that's why I say certain instances in certain situations, he's got to be if someone is looking for scoring off the bench. And he has to, like, he's limited. He has to defend point guard. So I think that'll be something that he's going to have to work on in any adjustment and transition to that level because weight-wise, he's just not big enough and physically strong enough to guard anybody, any other position. What do you think is the best-case scenario uh, scenario for him? The best, uh, maybe not the, the, the exact team, but the kind of situation that you would like to see him in to allow him to thrive and maybe get that second contract? Again, like we said, one, as he physically, I think he needs to go somewhere where he doesn't have to be the primary decision maker, right? So if he goes to any of these teams that we watch all the time where they they don't have their traditional point guard bringing it up, which is most of the league now. Mm-hmm. But you get a guy that anyone plays in a point forward or, you know, like Milwaukee kind of has a guy, you know, Yon is snatching and goes and, and East, we're watching this in the playoffs. Most teams have that guy. There's not a lot of teams that just say, hey, outlet it to my point guard. Every time he goes to any one of those teams and 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 the way he can naturally score it off the bench. Now he can score it. I don't care where you where you put him, he gonna he's gonna get a bucket and it can flat score. He he's remind me of a of a Cam Thomas type of guy that you just give him they're different guys, but they can flat out just score. He's that type of score. Now he needs to be in a certain situation like Cam Thomas. And uh and I and I think that that's these, these teams are smart enough to know that. And he's gonna ideally him to have success i think that's what he needs because he doesn't have the defensive flexibility to help you you know he has to be a guy that you put on certain guys that's not going to take advantage of him inside yeah i, I was thinking like miami with bam out or anybody like it, any of these teams minnesota yeah. with yep. uh with kyle anderson like uh, situations like that where he can just kind of come off the bench and play what like 15 to 18 minutes and you know some nights he's going to get you 20 other nights he's going to go over nine right you get him out there he's he's gonna be one of those guys that when you're scoring He's going to play like every guy on the NBA bench right now in the playoffs. If you're scoring, you're going to play. If you're not scoring, you know, you got to have a seat. You just got to be ready when it's numbers called. And so, but he, but again, one thing he can flat out do, everybody wants scoring from their bench and he can provide that. He just has to make that adjustment. And that's, that's tough when you're accustomed to playing 30, 35 minutes a game, and then you're going to go somewhere and sit. And how does he handle that? But naturally scoring the ball at every level, He's just gifted at that, and I think that's that's going to be his success coming from the bench. Somebody else, what team fits that plays with a tradi- the non traditional point guard bringing it up? Well, Turquavian Smith, they call him Baby T when he gets to the NBA. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that nickname. Early <laughs> second round pick, I think he's got a chance to stick. Hopefully, he will. 
Always was a fan of Tequavian Smith. Thanks for checking out this NBA Draft Prospect profile. Make sure you check out the description for links to all of the other Draft Prospect profiles we'll be doing this month. Ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's Field 68-F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the 2023 NBA Draft Prospect Profiles here on the field of 68. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me Coach Matt McCall, and today we are going to be breaking down Gonzaga wing Julian Strother, who we saw hit one of the uh, biggest shots, most memorable shots, most statement shots in this year's NCAA tournament. It was something like a 30-footer that he made to give Gonzaga the lead with about 11 seconds left over UCLA in the Sweet 16 out in Las Vegas. Uh, he averaged 15 points a game this season. He averaged six rebounds a game this season. He shot 47% from the floor. Most importantly, Matt, he shot 41% from three. He's a six foot seven, 205 pound junior. What do you make of Julian Strother, who has all of the, the prototypes of a three and D wing at the next level? Oh, you said it right there. The three and D wing. I could not agree with you more. The only thing, Rob, I'm going to disagree with you. You said the most important thing is he shot 41% for three. No, the most important thing is he stuck with the process. He stuck with the process. 
only played in 25 games as a freshman, averaged seven minutes per game, 3.4 points per game, as a player that was really highly recruited. Mm-hmm. If you look at that now and now and, and just today in the transfer portal and how many kids are in the transfer portal, a guy like that stuck to it and he got better. His sophomore year averaged 11.8 points per game, 27 minutes a game, and it increased this season as well. So I think that's the biggest thing with Julian Schroeder is he stuck with it. He didn't leave. He didn't leave after his freshman year when, quote-unquote, as a higher-rated recruit, it wasn't going as he expected it to, uh, which is what the whole transfer portal is. It's when it's not going the way – I expected it to. I'm going to go to this school. And then when it doesn't go the way that it's going at that school, I'm going to go to this school. That's that's the day and age. He stuck with the process, and he got better, and I have tremendous respect for that. Yeah, and you know what I think that's really important to to kind of look at at the next level is you had no expectation of being the guy, right? When you play on teams that have Chet Holmgren and you play on teams that have Jalen Suggs and you play on teams that have Drew Timmy, like you know you're not going to be the superstar. And when he gets to the NBA, he's not going to be the superstar. Um, and I think that, that that leads to the idea that you can have role acceptance. So let's talk about that role. Uh, I think he very much projects as a guy that's going to be a 3 and D wing. You're going to be a catch-and-shoot three-point guy. You're going to be an attack-closeout guy. And you're going to be a six foot seven, pretty good wingspan, pretty good athlete. You got to guard two through four. Sometimes you got to switch on to point guards. You have to be a defensive stopper. I think the shooting part is there. My question to you is, do you trust him on the defensive end of the floor as a 200-pound, six foot seven, 21-year-old? Well, I think that they're going to put size. He's going to get it. It's going to be basketball all the time. He's not going to have to worry about going to class or doing these other things. It's just going to be focused on ball, the development piece, being in the weight room, being with the strength coach. You know, these NBA franchises, right? You you walk into their practice facility and there is a chef that's there that's waiting on you <laughs> to prepare your food, to make you whatever you want, to put on some size and some strength. But the stat to me this year that stands out the most, just in terms of that, where is he at defensively? Average 6.2 rebounds per game. And for a guy, I know he has the height at 6'7", and we've talked about his shooting ability, but he can get down there and mix it up, and he puts value on rebounding the basketball. And his numbers, again, from his freshman year to this season, they just continued to increase. So – I don't worry about that at all. You know he's been coached. Mark Few, one of the best in college basketball. He's going to be prepared to take this next step. So I don't worry about the defensive end of the floor because of his length, and he's not afraid to get down there and mix it up inside. So he's a guy that has a pretty wide range of projections depending on like the mock drafts that you look at. For example, my buddy Sam Vecidio at The Athletic has Julian Strother as a mid-20s first round pick right now um you go and you look at espn and, and gavoni and jeremy Wu over there have him as like a late 40s second round pick if you were an nba gm where would you be looking to target uh target julian strother is it like an early second round range or you think you're gonna you want to lock him in as a playoff team into a guaranteed contract for four years what are you looking at with uh with strother and where you would take him i mean i'm looking at as a playoff team to lock him into a guaranteed contract because I do think he has upside and I think his best basketball is in front of him. And I think his numbers in college prove it. 
They improved every single year in every single statistical category. He's young. He needs to add some muscle and some size. But because of that, because of the progression he's had in college, because of the fact that he stuck with the process and didn't waver and didn't throw his name in the transfer portal just to do it because that's what everyone does now. And he stuck with this, man, if I'm a playoff team, to be able to add him to our franchise and groom him and get him better and maybe spend a little time in the G League. We know that he'd be able to handle that, right, because he's Mm -hmm. stuck with this process. His ego is not going to get hurt if he has to go to a G League franchise on assignment. I I, I think a playoff team that can take him anywhere between 20 and 30, I think it's a no-brainer pick. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, I think I would not be surprised to see him drop into the second round. I think there's a lot of teams where – they don't want want that locked in salary, um, so they'll take one of these like draft and stash guys that they never actually plan on playing, or they'll sell the pick, or this, that, the third, or they'll take a shot on someone that has crazy upside, like all star potential. That's the one thing that I would say about Strawther is I don't know if he has the same kind of ceiling as some of the other guys that you kind of like. Take Noah Clowney for example, right? I think Noah Clowney is a guy that has a higher ceiling if everything hits than Strother, but you kind of know what you're getting in Julian Strother, and I think there's something that's comforting in that. Yeah, and again, I think one of the biggest stats, not just with his rebounding, but you alluded to this earlier, like his three-point shooting has gotten better, right? Every single year, 32%, 36%, 40%. Yes, the line is back a little bit further, but he has improved. And at six seven, at his size, to be able to space the floor and knock down shots when your primary guys, whether it be, you know, LeBron, Devin, but whoever the ball is in their hands for the majority of the game, look, you watch the NBA, what threes are always open? Threes in the corner. So whoever's in the corner, when the ball gets swung to you, can you drill that shot on a consistent basis? And based on his numbers, he's gotten better every year. I think he's the guy that can do it. And then can you go back on the other end of the floor and defend and switch and mix it up and get rebounds? And again, his numbers have improved every year in those categories. Yeah, to, to showcase the value of this, since I just watched the game the other night, um, Landry Shamit hit four threes, all from the same spot, all from the same quarter in the fourth quarter of a game to help the Suns come from behind to beat the Nuggets to get it to game four. In game five, they got smacked. He missed those shots, and he kind of got lit up a little bit by Jamal Murray uh, in the second half of that game. So that's that's kind of what you need, I think, out of Strother, right? No the, the last question I have for you is he played in the WCC. Are you concerned about the transition to the, the highest level? Did we see him enough? against uh, high major caliber opponents over the course of the last three seasons? Where do you stand on that? I mean, you got to think, to look back at Gonzaga's schedule over the last three years. I mean, Mark Few was not afraid to schedule some of the best teams in the country. And their non-conference schedules have been ridiculous to say, even this mm-hmm. past season, the previous season, because Mark Few knows. He knows his conference, and he knows, hey, we're going to schedule out of conference to play the best teams in the country to prepare us to win the conference title. So I think he's played enough uh, against the best teams in the country. That 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 is not a concern of mine at all. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the right franchise, taking him, the development piece, getting him stronger, 
getting him more physical to be able to mix it up a little bit more on the inside, switch actions, be able to keep smaller guards in front of him. But I don't worry about he's played against some of the best players in the country. Yeah. Biggest thing with him is just get your ass in the weight room and put on some strength because uh, 205 is really not all that strong when it comes to these NBA wings. Listen, this has been the breakdown 2023 NBA draft prospect profile for Gonzaga's Julian Strother. Check the links in the description where you're rolling out more than 50 of these over the course of the next two months. And again, make sure you check out our live expert mock draft coming one week before the actual draft itself. 